0: Fancast, presented by Silver City Brewery, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans.
1: Release the Kraken.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to episode number 23 of Kraken Fancast, brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and Luke Chelios for some Kraken Game discussion, among some other Kraken topics. Kraken FanCast releases episodes approximately every two weeks. We're a little late with this one. Our apologies on that. But, uh, you know, holiday times and job things kind of get in the way once in a while. But uh, almost every two weeks we do this. And uh, on our program, we, of course, discuss all subject matter about the National Hockey League's newest team, the Seattle Kraken, sharing news about the team, analyzing their play, and going over various team-related news, also some community-related news. Sometimes we get some interviews going on. Lots to talk about all the time, and uh, sometimes we like to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on some other Kraken-related podcasts. I'd like to start off today by acknowledging our very kind and generous sponsors, particularly our presenting sponsor, Silver City Brewery, located in Bremerton, with their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. Beer for one, beer for all. Silver City is an all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. Also, big thanks to the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. And also big thanks to Mojito, serving the best Latin American and Cuban food in the Seattle area, bringing together amazing food and amazing people. Check them out at MojitoSeattle.com. Okay, so we've got the whole crew on together today. We have different segments and everything. We're going to have the whole crew here, Lou, Nathan, me, Jim. Talking about a lot of stuff that uh, that went on over the recent weeks, uh, recent two and a half weeks as we uh, record this, we'll start with some game recaps since our last broadcast. Overall, it has been a mixed bag as the team has won three and lost four since the beginning of April. They lost a the, uh, second game to Vegas by the score of five to two, which was not a pretty game to say the least. However, just like cracking off and do they bounce back? And actually bounced back quite well uh, against the Dallas Stars with a commanding four to one victory. Uh, they had a completely opposite score uh, a few nights later against St. Louis Blues in St. Louis. That was a four to one loss. Uh, then back and forth shut out uh, against a struggling Chicago Blackhawks team, shut them out two to nothing uh, on the road. Then back-to-back losses to a, what can we say, a very strong Calgary Flames team, lost to them four to one and five to three. That second game, though, uh, a rather uh, significant game in uh, Kraken's new history. It was the debut of uh, number one draft choice, Matty Beniers, his first game. Uh, Got notched up uh, an assist on that game. So it was nice to see him finally in a Kraken uniform. Uh, They were to play Winnipeg uh, the next night, but uh, postponed due to bad weather. So that's going to get tacked on at the end of the season. Um, the NHL um, uh, will be doing that. Yeah. And then, uh, sorry, I'm getting my notes here. Oh, so the teams then got to head home uh, after the Calgary games and uh, played a uh, very tight and interesting game against the New Jersey Devils at their home at the Climate Pledge Arena, winning a shootout victory four to three. It was an exciting game. Again, another big game in Maddie Benear's short so far history. With the Seattle Kraken. He scored his first NHL goal. It was a beauty uh, right in front of his new fans in Seattle and some of his uh, family in attendance. Family members came all the way from Hingham, Mass., to see this very momentous game. And man, guys, uh, Maddie, Maddie sure looked great on, on a lot of levels. Uh, so, uh, you know, we talked to the last two episodes about Maddie and, you know, some of his final games with Michigan. And there's no way of getting around talking about him, you know, this week. You know, we're making his debut and uh, and playing having mean, a couple of games as as we uh, recorded this, and obviously he'll be finishing out the season. Uh, great to see him, Jim. Let's start with you. Uh, your thoughts on recent games and uh, Matty Baneer is number ten. His
0: era starts. Man, I don't know where to start on this. I, I think we better go with oh. Um <laughs> I was at the game last night and uh, I haven't experienced uh, anything that electric in quite some time, including opening night, all that other stuff. I mean, those are a given, but this was, uh, I've seen plenty of these on TV player debuts that are good and projected to be great. But this was, the levels were, I think I said something about it was just a Maddie loud all night, you know, whatever Matt did, it was loud. For, I was there on the glass for warm-ups. Uh, I brought my daughter, and uh, she's a big Kraken fan now. And I was totally ISOing on his uh, routine and his workout. It's funny, you know, a lot of players in uh, warm-ups working on their hand skills and their eye skills a lot, doing a lot of um, volley work. And he's a little different guy on that. Uh, he's not so – it seems like he's not putting much effort as the other guys. The other guys are working extremely hard, and he's just kind of half-stepping it. And I don't. I think it's just not his bag. But man, when he's on the ice, it's a completely different player during the game than than the warm up was. And I was just quite impressed. I could go on quite a bit talking about what I noticed about him in the game. The same as all you saw on TV. How do you think
2: he's gelling with the other players? What did you see? I mean, I watched uh, parts of it on TV. I've been on the road lately, so I only get to see parts. And it seemed like, I mean, you know, his first assist there was with Donato, and uh, yeah, that seems like we can go back
0: to the the first Calgary game alone, um, that, that setup on the the one timer with that whole shift, when you broke it down, it was a bit of a longer shift. Uh, it was absolutely pro pro level. Everything he did on that run, you know, breakout, neutral zone, offensive cycle, the absolute no look cross ice, you know, with authority pass. I mean, that is just, nobody can do that. You know, that's pro level stuff. And, uh, I was quite impressed with that by itself. So, but then uh, last night, you're talking about and Of course it's early to tell, but he is so skilled. One thing about great skilled players are their heads up all the time. If their heads up all the time didn't work, they are, they are super skilled. And mm-hmm. he is that. Uh, the thing I was most impressed with is, is um, his puck protection is blowing me away. The more I see him. And this is something that, it's hard to teach actually this is pure skill and for a guy you know he's six it says six two on paper but i swear to god he does not look six two and he looks very svelte on the ice when you see him in person he's he is i think he's 175 pounds loaded. am i correct yes he was yeah. 165 and now he's probably about 175 but yeah so he's, he's just gonna get bigger and stronger he, he yeah um he, he doesn't look that big and he, he doesn't play that big either but he's his edge works fantastic. His half board work his below the goal line. Work protection is amazing. His defensive stick on stick work is impressive. That's something that many people aren't really talking about now until they see it. We just got a lot of good things to see in this guy, man. I mean, he's, he's going to be good. All the players on the ice know it. You talk about Jellin, it's going to happen automatically. You can see when he scored that goal, the celebration behind the net, that was nothing. They seemed smiles. very excited. It looked like it was a playoff goal or something. Oh, man, were McCann was just all smiles as much as him, man. He was trying to lift him off the ice. It was so great. No, yeah,
2: it was great. Lou, you were there.
0: What What were you
2: thinking? Same, same things? Any other <coughs> I'm going to start out by saying, oh man, like same
3: thing Jim said. Where do you start? So I was glass level for several of his shifts. I was timing my, my work area down by the class and, uh, I just watched him. I had ISO on him, too. And a couple things that really stood out in the home game was I think the crowd was watching for him to come back on the ice. It was just like you said, Chris. There was a buzz in the air. We have this new young player. He's ours. We drafted him. He didn't get picked in expansion. He's a Seattle Kraken for, who knows, 15, 20 years. And the crowd just is ready to love this guy. Seattle loves it. star. Athletes, the Russell Wilsons, the Ken Griffey Juniors, and this hockey team was really lacking a player to get excited about. I mean, we tried to go grew, grew, grew every fifth save, and uh, he started letting us down early on. So there was a buzz in the building. A couple things: Maddie Meneer skates like, like you know, he's right out of the USA national program. He's out of college hockey. He's got a little razzle-dazzle to his game. He made a flip pass go around a defenseman. I haven't seen a Kraken player all year make a Matty Beneers move to get the puck deep into the offensive zone and uh, keep a play alive. He likes to go up the boards with it, stop, turn around, and, you know, look for his guys. He's a setup guy, and yet he's got to drive to the net. His first NHL goal is to get his nose dirty in the crease for a rebound. You know the the Eberleys, the Schwartzes, the Donskys—they've been sitting on the wall, behind the net, away from the goal crease. Rebounds coming out. Matty Baneers in his first home game—he's there to just like get that rebound and just put it in the put it in the net to you know get a standing ovation. So I think the guy's gonna love the crowd. The crowd already loves him. And I had guys walk in by me after the his first goal saying, We're getting beers for veneers. He's already selling more beer. So, like it, it was just that kind of cool just to be in the crowd and uh around the fans and feel that buzz. So, and one other thing, he skates on the ice kind of with a stick. He holds it differently, he gets off the bench and he goes right for the puck. He goes right to take a man out. He isn't hacked stall coached yet, so we'll see what happens in the next you know, eight games, if his game starts to change, a little scared about that, a little worried about the Hackstall system, uh, you know, taking the Michigan out of him. But uh, right away, he's got the Seattle by his hands at 19 years old. So just excited, like you said, Jim and Chris and Nathan, maybe you got a little bit to say
2: about about seeing him as well. That's right, Nathan. How excited are you, man? We needed some excitement and this, this, this is some for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, you guys, hit it really good when you talk about, you know, the buzz around the town. I haven't gotten to see him in person. I actually didn't see the game at all yesterday. I was uh, actually on a date with my wife, a much needed date. But uh, I've watched some of the highlights and everything like that. And uh, the crowd went to another level. The excitement of having a player of the caliber that he's showing that he is or, or, or is going to be is something that this team has really been lacking. We've had good plays by some really decent players, but it's a lot different when somebody comes out onto the ice and you just have that feeling that something really good is gonna happen. Um, You can't expect a guy to get assists or goals every game, but the way he comes out and the way he presents himself, just his whole composure on and off the ice, is electrifying. It just makes for a better hockey game to watch. And I'm excited to see a little bit of that rub off on some of the other players. Loot, when you said that he hasn't been hackstall coached yet, you couldn't have said that any better. And I am terrified to see what's going to happen in the next like seven, eight games, but you know, maybe leave him alone a little bit. He's what he's doing is working. And, uh, We'll see if Hackstall just kind of lets him flourish and do his thing and see where he stands because maybe Hackstall and some of the other players can learn a few things from his gameplay to change things and get some more goals in that damn net. There you go. Yeah, for sure.
2: I mean, I, you know, my my impressions are, you know, I'd underline a lot of things that all you guys just said about him. I, I, but the only thing I'll, I'll add is just his fluidity on that ice. I mean, I guess it's a little bit, like you said, Jim, about, you know, keeping your head up and everything, but uh, you know, I mean, NHL players, most of them have some fluidity in order to get that high, but there's just, you know, there's some guys where they just feel like they're lumbered on there or they just, I don't know his smoothness. And the fact is that you know this is this is just his introduction to the NHL. I think you guys are right. He is going to get bigger, and obviously he's going to improve his game, Hextall or not. You know, it's it's it's, it's I yeah, he can't help but get excited for the future. But you know, notching up an assist and a goal as a rookie right off the bat. You know, and and I think you know, and just the enthusiasm—you can tell. Like a lot of the guys and the McCanns and the Donatos and everybody, I could see the excitement on their face. They're really happy that this kid's up there, and it's not like oh, he's taking our job or whatever. He's going to help us win. That's that—that's kind of how I their enthusiasm translates to me. So uh, it really, it really bodes really well, um, guys. And this, and you guys can jump in on this. Any other thoughts on any other? I, <laughs> It's like, it's kind of anticlimactic. What about talking about any of the other guys on the team? Is there anything else that uh notable uh or or, or thoughts? I mean, they did win some games there. I mean, I, I liked it. You know, they. I mean, our biggest hope is for them to be, have the third worst record in the league, not, not the first or second. I don't think Arizona is going to catch them. There's that good news. And, you know, but any other, other things, the, any other sure. notables?
0: Sure. I'll add, uh, just a general wrap up of game notes. Um, you know, like you said, with, with the veneers craze and stuff, we're kind of forgetting about the others. There's been some guys that have been towing the weight pretty good here in the last, Oh, I don't know, quarter or less season, but you know, Winberg's still been doing it. He's still been looking good. Um, he had a beautiful goal a few games back, um, when he got on his heels and and cut and, and, uh, I can't remember which game that was, but man, that was a beauty. Um, Kuhlman continues to impress all the way around, you know, with his, he's always involved in the, in the checks and the hits and the um, the speed. He's the fastest guy on the team, hands down. Susie's still, you know, surprising us all with production and numbers and goal number 10. Adam Larson's still Mr. You know, stay at home and solid and getting physical in the corners, doing some stuff. I, I like what I've seen out of um, other than the big, big names, Borgen, uh, Borgen's Borken, uh, been stepping up too, you know, he had that big one-time shot down the slot last night. That was a big power. So guys are doing it, um, and it's a little more than just the basic five that we always hear about. And the goaltenders have been, on average, stepping up better than their game all year, and the whole team has been playing great pretty damn good in the last quarter. So,
3: Yeah, I'll add to it. I think uh, after the trade deadline, the few young guys reemerged with a new opportunity. Ryan Donato has found the top line, which is pretty incredible for a guy that couldn't get a contract going into what August last year. He was sitting around free agent. We got him for what eight fifty k for one year. The guy just put his fifteenth goal on the board and uh, against New Jersey, got the first shootout shot, went in and made a beautiful take and uh, raised the roof. uh, Won nothing in the shootout, and that was a game winning goal. So, and that's a cool story because. Matty Beneers, like Chris said, is uh, from near Boston, where where you, you guys all talk about the Boston hockey. Matty Beneers hung out with Ryan Donato a little bit last summer in Boston, and uh, he's already got a buddy on the team. So think of us when we were 19 going off to another city, um, signing a million-dollar contract and not knowing anybody. Well, Ryan Donato's, you know, maybe Haxtell's best move has been putting Ryan Donato on his wing letting those guys just uh, start playing together at the end of the year. And uh, we're putting some wins on the board, which is pretty cool because this team was expected to lose after the trade deadline. And uh, you know, in some of these games, we beat Chicago, you know, two, nothing shut out by Grubauer. That's worth talking about. Drager had a big win the other night, uh, played great, flexible hockey, played a little different style than we're used to with Grubauer and, so there's there's areas of this team, you know, maybe we don't have to get rid of 14 guys, maybe only eleven that we'll talk about in the next segment here about, about the future. So
2: exactly. That's yeah, all we I gotta, got. We got a we got a good little exercise. We'll do it in a moment. All right, Nathan, anything else to add? I mean, Group I know we 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 talk about the goalies a lot with you. And you know, Groob and Drieger, you know, we we know they can do it and they were showing some stuff lately.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't get through this episode without uh, talking about goaltending a little bit. You know that. Um, I don't forgive me for this, for moving so far into the future, but uh anybody here or any listeners, what are your thoughts on a possible goaltending flip-flop and roles between the two guys? Um, a little bit more or possibly permanently? Dreger, when he comes out, he wins, he loses, just like any other goaltender, but the games when he's goaltending are closer. They are more intense in just about every way. I don't know why that is. We've tried to pick it apart and I don't really have a real answer for it. There's just a different vibe on the ice when he's in the net. And I'm just wondering if at some point there's going to be a time where he's going to outshine Grubauer and they're going to make the decision that Grubauer will be his understudy. I, I I'd be lying if saying that didn't cross my mind
2: somewhere along the line. And, you know, does that happen? I, you know, <laughs> they're so um, invested in Grubauer. I'm sure there's a stubbornness there, but you know, next year, if they're, if they're gelling together and they're actually more competitive,
0: how can they not if that turns that right. way? I mean, I think today or this year, you got to write it off for the most part on that. Uh, and next, next year will be a, a You know, we'll put that under the microscope. And Jeff Baker actually wrote an article about that a couple of weeks ago um, for the Times about, uh, you know, do we have a possible shift change here on the goaltending is, you know, a swap going on when there was a little bit of uh, you all read about. I know you heard about on social media and all, but that's already gone away, you know, because they both kind of stepped up since that. Um, But next year, they'll be looking at it for sure, unless some weird offseason deal, say, with Drigger goes on or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell a lot. All right, guys. Great insights. Thank you so much. All right. Next uh, segment here in place of our usual messages from the deep segment, we're going to focus on something that actually well, could be a message from the deep in a way, because I, I will admit that this subject matter has elicited a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter. On our Kraken FanCast media pages in general throughout the season, so this is something uh, that the uh, fun little exercise and something that uh, well, it's an exercise that uh, Ron Francis is going to be uh, uh, fully in, uh, involved with, and that's uh, the subject is of cap space and who to resign and who to let go out of the UFAs and the RFAs. So, J- Jim, you set up this little exercise for our crew to do. Explain, you know, what we're doing here and. Uh, how it works and uh we'll go around the horn
0: okay so so uh obviously i've been reading a lot of things about people's concerns you know where we're going to be next year what they're going to do with players uh particularly the the one-year ufas uh, rfas that are sitting on the table roughly on the pro club right now on the crack and there is seven ufas and rfas combined or pardon me ten uh seven forwards 3d and then there's a few down in uh, over in charlotte i.e. going over to um
2: and, and jim RFA. just to, just to not assume everybody has to what was rfa and ufa stand for just
0: well to- okay ufa is unrestricted when the contract's over they can they're open to go anywhere unless in the contract uh, the rfa side of that would be restricted to club allowance and you know teams so on and so forth uh in the rules structure set by the union uh the players union so either way uh these These guys, these players that have the one year on the table, when Ron and his team rebuild the the team and the cap, they're going to look at these players and decide, all right, who who are we going to sign and who are we just going to open up for, you know, FAs to to roll around. So that being said, I said, all right, let's just play a little GM work here. And I wanted to make it tough. And I I know it's not easy. (laughs) I want to make it tough by saying you've got three selections from the big club and one down on the farm for a total of four players. That leaves guys that we like, you know, free. So, but it's it's supposed to be tough because it's tough for those guys to do this. And, you know, keep in mind, whoever we lose, we're gonna pull off other clubs that are floating on the table on the FA table anyway. It's not like we're losing players. We're just shifting around. And it's typically bottom six for the most part or bottom three D. So, you know, of the players, that that come off you got cole lynn you got victor rask uh, you got riley shian um ryan donato morgan geeky uh daniel sprong carson coolman uh hayden flurry Derek Puyat. cal and cal flurry i looked at that and boy i'm telling you it's hard to, to figure out here and um i'm going to tell you who I, who I wrote down right now and a lot of it has to do with future rather than say immediate talent that's happening right now and uh I looked at that list and I'm starting to uh right off the bat, I took Ryan Donato straight up. He's been too clutch for us. He needs a home, he needs a permanent home. Uh, he, he's a top five forward right now on this club, and he has been for a long time. Second section I had was uh a, it was uh, Carson Coleman. I like what he's been doing. I think he fits his role in the club really well. And then I also this was kind of a little bit off the board, but I'm willing to sacrifice some players for some youth and what I see in a player. And I, I went with Colin. I like what he's doing lately. His production numbers haven't been doing a lot, but he's sure putting the effort out. And I think he would fit well in this club for a future run. Uh, at that I left it. And I, as you know, on that list, I didn't have any defensemen, although I was really hip on leaving a mark right next to Hayden Fleury, because I still believe he deserves a chance. So you could put a check mark next to him. And almost slide him in as a, that and or Charlotte and or uh, uh, the farm team. But I also have Connor Carrick down on the farm, who I, I'm happy with, and I'd like to see him get more chance uh, and hang around on the on, on a contract. Other than that, there's a lot of names I left off. You guys know that if you heard who I said. Right,
2: well, well, let's see what maybe the other maybe the rest of us. I'll, I'll leave myself on the last uh, loot. You go. What who 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 would you, you in If uh, GM Luke Chelios.
3: Okay, Chelios here, taking Ryan
2: Donato, keeping him
3: around, going to give him a nice three-year deal with Matty Beniers so they can be buddies in Seattle. Gel, he's got 15 goals, playing on a third, fourth, fifth, whatever line Haxtell was putting him on. He benched him a few times, which we were all shaking our heads. So Ryan Donato has earned a contract more than anyone else on this team. So he's my number one grab, like Jim. Uh, I went with Daniel Sprong because Ronnie Francis made a trade for this guy. And when a, when a GM steps out, puts his neck out, goes after a player he wants, trades Marcus Johansson and uh, gets some draft picks, but also adds, brings in Daniel Sprong. Uh, and Axtell gave him a shot at the third shot in the shootout against New Jersey. So some of these guys are actually almost like in training camp right now for the coach and the GM some of the scouts that are watching this team. So I got Daniel Sprong as my second uh, contract renewal. Give him like at least a one-year deal. Not sure what his agent's going to ask for, but the guy's built well. He's strong on the puck, and he gives us a little bit of uh, goal scoring with that shot. So, you know, we got a lot of third lines. we got to build our top two lines in the future, but these guys, there's a whole bunch of them. Carson Kuhlman, like you said, uh, Jim, the guy's the fastest guy in the team. When he got injured, uh, like, I don't know, six weeks ago, he'd only played a couple games here in Seattle, but he went after a guy headfirst into the boards. The guy got out of the way. Carson, like, banged up his knee pretty bad. And I saw him in the valet a couple times after, and he just said, "I'm I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, coach. He was wanting to get back in there with a limp. And I'm like, this guy's got some character. We got him on waivers. Uh, we have to keep him on the NHL roster or he goes back into the waiver draft. And, of course, Boston would have the first rate right of refusal to pick him up. So, And I like his college background. He played college with Carson Soucy, uh, a couple of Winnipeg Jet guys, Dylan Sandberg, Neil Pionk, those guys from the University of Minnesota Duluth. So Coleman's another guy. But he's not my third pick because I could only take three NHL contracts, and then one AHL guy. So I'm going with Manitoba uh, Morgan Geeky, another guy that Ron Francis has invested in the in the past. I'm not a big fan of his, only because he's tall, lanky, falls down a lot. This guy needs to put on veneers weight, maybe 10 or 20 pounds. But the good thing is. The Kraken have one of the best fitness uh, specialists in our organization, Gary Roberts, Gary fucking tough Roberts from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Carolina Hurricanes. He's working in the fitness area with, uh, with the Kraken this off season, some of these young players fighting for contracts, going to get renewals. A couple of them are going to go to Toronto where they're East coast guys and train with Stamco's, with McDavid, with Mark Scheifele, Adam Oates, some of these guys that are working together over the years in the summertime. So I see Morgan Geeky, a good Manitoba farm kid that I'm kind of proud of cheering him on. I see him going to that Gary Roberts summer camp, putting on an extra 10 pounds of muscle. And, and with that NHL shot, remember he won the fastest, hardest shot on the team in that uh, fun day for the kids and the family day. He's got a great NHL shot. He just needs to get stronger at 23 years old. And he's got a little brother coming into the NHL who's going to be a top five pick. Anytime an older brother is in the NHL, his younger brother comes along, I think Morgan Geeky is going to be uh, determined more than ever to be at least as good or better than his little brother. So there you go. We got Donato. We got Sprong. We got Geeky. Nobody's talking Hayden Flurry. He's kind of a not sure.
2: Well, I I, I will it a little bit. I, I will. Okay, this is fascinating. Good. What you Good. and Jim have done. This is really interesting, and I'll tell you why in a second. But let's. Uh, I don't okay. Know, we'll to get Nathan. Nathan. And then one more think? guy. I got an HL contract. Oh. We're gonna keep Cole in. Oh, I thought. I oh, I thought you said Flurry was gonna be him. AHL. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I I got
3: Cole in as my and HL guy. The fourth guy to keep. I think we're going to keep seven or eight of them because they're good contracts and we're building a farm club, but there you go.
2: That's my four. Okay. ten four on that. Thank you, Lute. Um, Nathan, who you got?
1: I'm not as sweet on most of these guys as you guys are, but uh, Donato for sure. Donato, I don't want him to go anywhere. He needs to stick around. Geeky. Yeah, he's, he's a good, he's a good player, but he, he, he needs a little bit of work. Doesn't need to put on some weight. Like Lute said. I think for my second, I would probably pick Geeky. I like I like watching him. My wife likes him a lot. And he's always he's always, you know, putting in effort. He just needs to he needs to beef up a little bit. You know, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to really decide because, you know, you want to keep ev- you know, almost everybody. You want to see everybody at least get one more year. But uh Sprong that trade with Sprong, that's that's probably one of the best moves we've made all year. I would probably say Donato, Geeky, and Sprong are, are my three. Um, I'm probably leaving a couple of guys out that I should have picked, but like I said, you know, those are the guys that I've been paying attention to recently. And I'll just stick with that. All right, very good. So,
2: all right, clean sweep. We all picked Donato. How can you not? As a matter of fact, so you're right, Jim. Uh, you know, when you said this is hard, yeah, there are a lot of guys. But really, the only guy I would get upset about not signing, the only guy on, on the RFAs and UFAs I'd get really upset is if they don't sign Donato. Hands down, if they don't, there's, some, there's something seriously wrong or they got an incredible trade deal for, I don't know, but you, you, they, they got to have Ryan. So all, all we're all unanimous on that. Uh, Lute, uh, you made me feel better because I thought I was the only one who was going to say strong here. Uh, so I appreciate you bringing him up because I'll tell you, he's impressed me and if you put his stats, I mean, you know, he had kind of a, you know, limited, you know, opportunities, you know, obviously that Capitals team's very good, you know, he had limited opportunities to shine and I thought he's shown some stuff he's easy he's a tough Kind of a little, you know, bullish kind of player out there. Uh, good, you know, obviously he's forward, you know, he can play both sides, left and righties, um, but also shows some good defensive moves. I like that guy. I wondered about him. So I'm not going to say I'm going to pick him though. I, there were five guys I was really, uh, you know, looking at here. Donato, obviously. Then Sprong. Uh, Kuhlman, agree. The speed. And I didn't know, at first he didn't seem to be making much, uh, headway with the team. It didn't impress me. It just seemed like kind of, he's just out there. Is he doing anything? And, but in recent days, you know, I, 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 a couple of you guys mentioned and Jimmy's, you know, he's, he's been meshing in and and he's super fast. So been thinking about him, Riley Sheehan who's been, you know, kind of an inconsistent player, but he showed he shined at times. Um, he's had his foot a little bit in the AHL. So maybe he'd be my AHL guy. I, you know, he's been up and down a little bit. But he's up there. And then uh, I agree. Hayden Fleury, um, I mean, taking Haxtell out of the equation. I know that's kind of silly because he's the coach. How can I take him out of the equation? But he, you know, for some reason, Fleury, I I don't know, thinking like he's just not fitting in with whatever Haxtell thinks. But when he's been out there, I've been usually pretty impressed. I think he's a solid player. So another thing to kind of uh, add to this whole question. so the, those five guys, I'm kind of juggling, okay, who do we keep out of that? Um, and then we're looking at some numbers. now they they don't have, you know, they, they they've got a pretty low ceiling luckily, I mean, you know uh, Francis has been uh, pretty frugal. Uh, but you know, you gotta you gotta add that in. I mean, you know, for instance, Hayden flurry's a 1.3 mil. So that's a little bit of a hit to keep him. Coleman 725, Sprong, 725, uh, Donato 750. That's a no-brainer. Shane is a little more. He's at 850. Throwing in Morgan Geeky, I thought about, but you know, again, this is a tough exercise. And what I like to see Morgan continue with the team, okay, but not you know at the expense of some of these other guys. So he's off my list. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say. I don't know if this really kind of works. I mean, and then you know, uh, just one other thing too about the uh, AHL guys. I agree uh, with you, Jim, about Carrick. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and McCormick to some degree, but Drew, but. I don't know. I, I'm not married. The only guy on, on the, you know, AHL team I'm married to is I'd really love to see. uh, And I don't know if we'll ever have really much room for him is Joey Decord and he's already signed. So we don't have to worry about it. So I'm going to not really concentrate on those guys right now. And I'm just going to say, if there's a way to work it out, do not, my guys are Donato Sprong, and Coolman with Hayden flurry as your up and down guy, AHL NHL. I'm hoping, uh, for those four. So for reasons you guys all have kind of hit. So it's kind of interesting, uh, but we're all, we're all in team Donato for sure. So,
0: well, I think we were rather close on a lot with a couple of flips here and there. So that's good to know. Um, I think we are all in a general consensus. Uh, You brought up Riley Shan, which is interesting because I often think about him. I mean, let's face it. He's a perennial fourth liner, right? Um, But his PK work is the reason he's here straight up that in the face off. you know, he's going to be PK too, but when it's five on three and they're PK, he's out there. So that's a huge thing. You never know how long you want to hold on to that, you know?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount him. I mean, he's going to be in the equation of thought on this. Yeah. Maybe, least, maybe it's right. Maybe they keep more of these guys than we realize. but it's, it's a stretch. I mean, we've right. said, we've all said it to varying degrees in
0: earlier episodes. This team's going to look a lot different next year. I mean, you know, yes, it's it done. That's that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up. I mean, when you ever get some time, do yourself a favor and check out the Vegas Knights roster in the first two years. And you'll kind of blow your mind what they went through. And people tend to forget. Uh, and a lot of that stuff didn't have to do with trades and back deals. That was just deals done at the end of the year. Uh, uh, so, and let's not forget, they also used five goaltenders in their first year. Nobody remembers that either, so.
2: Right. Well, but some of the poor teams or the younger teams, do they kind of tend to stick? I guess it depends on which GM we're talking about. Do they, do they stick with their guys? I mean, every team has some new people, but you know, some, there've been some, you know, Bruins uh, teams or, or um, you know, Capitals teams where you see the bulk of the guys there, they're there for, you know, three right. three years,
0: but like this team though, like it's, in- is, is,
2: is re is building. So it's, it's totally, natural.
0: totally. Oh, I mean, we, Go
3: ahead, Go ahead, Luke. Yeah, we're we're building we're building a farm club. Basically, we rented a team in Charlotte. Uh the team is going to the playoffs, which is incredible because the cracker were moving guys up and down. DeCord was here for a few weeks, and Cole Lynn showed up, Max McCormick, Alexander True. And, you know, we are Kale Fleur's showed up a few times. This team in Charlotte is going into the playoffs. So Kraken fans, there's going to be a lot of hockey after the Kraken season ends. Maybe this uh, bunch of these young guys uh, will get a chance to play in the HL, probably only eight or nine of them because of the relationship with Florida Panthers. But the interesting part is some of these guys are going to get a little HL hockey time I'm not sure. There's there was a deadline roster freeze for the HL playoffs, and we know a few guys went up and down at that point. So I think Cole Lynn could probably play in the playoffs. Um, Alexander True has been ripping it up. Six foot five center. They're hard to find. The guy's probably going to be a, a key building piece in Coachella Valley. So that's why I said there's probably going to be seven, eight, or nine of these guys still kicking around, and a few of them are going to be our leaders. Um, with the Firebirds starting out in Coachella Valley next fall. So kind of exciting to have a farm club next year to, to follow and some young players coming in from the draft. And uh, you name it, we're going to add some new free agents and RFAs as well. So there's my pitch on the Coachella Valley Firebirds playing next year in California. Oh, yeah,
2: can't wait for that Coachella Valley field trip. We'll uh, be doing sometime next next fall for sure. Um, and that's a good point. Yeah, Charlotte's been a solid team. I mean, it's they're sharing with uh, with Florida, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. the Florida Panthers. So it's not all all of uh, uh, cracking guys, but they're getting some experience. And man, that's what it's all about. So for some of these guys, so uh, and it'll be interesting. We'll see some of our junior leaguers, Riker Evans particularly, but maybe a couple of other guys uh, on the Coachella Valley team. In, in addition to some of the guys we've been talking about, so. But that should be an interesting team to, to watch guys anything else that's enough that that blew our brains there man Oh, doing all that math oh my god no, that's good doing... <laughs>
0: that's, that's, that's great uh late uh, late season conversation that's what it's all about
2: absolutely and we are in late season so we will mention that uh, we've got uh one more show coming up uh that will uh be doing kind of a wrap-up it'll be after the uh last game i was going to say after the last Game against the San Jose Sharks, but they're gonna to have to have that uh, rescheduled Jets game. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll do a recording shortly after that. Old uh, season wrap up. Maybe there'll be some more news to share. More Maddie Beneer's goals. Maybe maybe Silver City will come up with the Baneers beer. I mean, it just you know it just would figure right. So it's just sitting there. It cool. sits there for somebody. It, you know, it's uh, they're gonna to have to do it. Um, but uh, great a, a ten a ten pack a, a ten, ten pack pa- a ten, pa- exactly. I love it. Oh, there you go! Yes. Never
3: done, never near, done in the beer industry, but I got some contacts through Columbia Distributing and Silver City. So let's let's talk behind the scenes.
2: There we go! Hey, hey, yeah, we say, hey Nathan, did you get your Maddie pack? And we all know it's a ten pack.
1: I'll <laughs> <bro. laughs> I'll buy several.
2: There you go! I know you will, bro. Absolutely, hey, he's, six, be... he's six. He's It's the tall boy. <laughs> it's the tall boy. Oh my God! <laughs> the marketing possibilities—they're going through tall. the roof, boys. A, you A, Maddie <laughs> <Venier's> beer, <laughs> oh, and he's not even old enough to drink yet
3: there, there you go legally
2: sell it up in bc he's legal up in canada oh that's <laughs> right that's
0: true <laughs> that's hilarious good
2: all right guys good stuff uh as always thanks so much uh for all your insight uh folks please remember if you haven't already done so to follow us on facebook on instagram and twitter our, our twitter handle is at CastKraken. also please subscribe to our youtube channel uh plus our website check it out KrakenPancast.com. we'll be back in a couple of weeks to discuss more seattle kraken happenings a wrap-up of the season then we'll be on a little break for a few weeks and then come back in mid-july around uh, uh junior uh draft time as well as the schedule will be out around then so we'll have a lot to talk about in july uh, among other things, and other times. Uh, so don't miss that next one, our deep dive going into the regular season. Uh, thanks much, as always, to our producer of Jay Middleton, for Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and Luke Chelios. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. And as always, we say go, go cracker.